it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. My goodness. Boy, howdy. We're back <laughs> on the air with you. Welcome in to 2024. Has it, uh, have you had to write it down yet or say it? Have you had to write it down or say it yet? And 2024 is a little weird. Yeah. I've had to write it down a couple of times and it's, it's a little odd to, you know, how it takes, there's an adjustment period there to go from the, the digit you were on to what you got to do now. So happy new year. More on that in just a bit. We, uh, talked a little bit before the show, Beaver and I did. And um, we came to the conclusion that it is okay to continue today. As of today, it's okay to continue wishing everybody a happy new year. Even though, I mean, it happened a couple days ago. <laughs> We're several days into it now. So uh, welcome in. To not only, you know, back after a long layoff and break for the holidays uh, here on the show, uh, for Christmas and seeing some family and uh, not everybody. You can see everybody. We had some family who were actually sick. Uh, over Christmas break, and so we'll push all that back. It sounded like a lot of people went through that. But after a long break of not being on the show and taking time off, it is uh, officially, officially, officially time to hit it full speed. And I hope you will with me here today on this uh, Wednesday. Now, it feels like a Monday. Well, it does for me anyway, because, again, it's our first day back. But it's not a Monday. It's a Wednesday. But it also kind of feels like it's appropriate to sort of have a reaction show, like you would have a reaction Monday, or even though it's Wednesday, reaction Wednesday. You get the point, <laughs> because a lot of things have happened uh, here recently in the sports world, and elsewhere for that matter, that's first time you and I have had a chance to chat it up about it, and I hope you'll get in here today. And there's lots of ways for you to do that. You can text me, you can call me, you can comment. Somehow, some way. And uh, so there are lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. Yeah, if you're, um, however you're listening, call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The number to call, 995-1059. Got it? 601 number, 995-1059. And uh, you can also uh, text me on the Country Please and Text Line. Number to text, 885-3776. Up, oh, faux pas. Opa, I messed it up. Y'all didn't even catch it. Y'all didn't even catch it. I gave <laughs> I gave the wrong phone number. <laughs> and if you're looking at the live stream right now, you probably did catch it. You're probably screaming at your phone right now as you looked at it. You're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not what it says right here. I, I know. Old habits die hard, right? We have three new digits and a new phone number. Everything else is the same. Number to call, 897-1059. 897-1059. That's a 601 number. 897-1059. I'll continue to repeat it. And if you are listening and you're like, hey, I can't remember the number. Matt said it's new. You can always pull up the live stream. And uh, there's a crawl at the bottom of the screen down there. And it's like just steady going across the, the screen over and over and over again. It's got the text line number and the phone line number. All right. And it's on there. Uh, and that, by the way, is the Murray West live thread. If you're watching the live stream, you can type in a comment right there. It can be on YouTube or Facebook. And also, I, I got a notification this morning from the streaming provider 
that said, hey, good news, uh, comments on X, formerly Twitter. If you're watching the live stream there and you type a comment in, you know, on the, the live stream, it also will pop up in the Murray West live thread now and can be made a part of the show. Pull it in on the screen. Y'all can see it. I can all see it right here on the Murray West live thread, okay? So uh, there's just a, a heads up on that. And I gave you a message on that uh, on the live stream. Speaking of the first comment, the first one of 2024 was not a text on the country pleasing text line. It was not a phone call. It is, in fact, a comment on the Murray West live thread all the way from Berlin, Germany. Our man Sven, who is it's nighttime over there, and he's tuning in on YouTube on the Murray West live thread. He comments, Hail State and Happy New Year, everyone. What did we learn yesterday? Cheating will be rewarded, and Jaden Daniels is not the best quarterback in the NCAA. He says, I had Washington by 13 and Bama by 9. So, Sven, thanks for weighing in. We're going to come back to that, too. Um, uh, on the um, on the Happy New Year deal, uh, you got to wish Beaver a Happy New Year. Now, if you um, if you call the show today on the on the uh, excuse me the Divinity Equipment phone line, you've got to wish Beaver a Happy New Year. Because he and I talked earlier, and we decided it's okay to still do that, right? Right, Beef? We're still good. Yeah, you can go till the fourth. Okay, that's what I figured. And that's just based on what? <laughs> uh, based on the fact that I think four days is it's good enough. Okay, but that doesn't go for birthdays, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know it doesn't, Matt Wyatt. Okay, you can't wait four days to wish Beaver a happy birthday, but you can get on a belated happy new year. Now, and we were discussing it earlier, Beaver. I went and found the sound clip. Um, Larry David on the show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, he had somebody wishing him a happy birthday late. Happy New Year. <sighs> it's a little late, frankly, for the happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. A statute of limitations. It's kind of run out on the new year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. <laughs> three. He said three. He said three. So. We'll go. But I like Beaver. I like yours. We'll go with four. We'll go. It just four. happened a couple weeks ago, right? It just happened a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like four. Four sounds good. Let's give it one extra day. Okay, one extra day. You know, Beaver, I did not talk to you about it after it happened at the end of last year, okay, so just before Christmas, when Chris Brooks came into the studio on the Jake show for supposedly two or three hours. Did that happen like it was supposed to? Yeah, it did. Okay. It did. Christopher showed up the full three hours and tried to get you, but Matt Wyatt didn't show up. Yeah. Now, you, you sure, maybe you live way further away from here, but... <laughs> That's just a technicality. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got some stuff going on in that area, too, uh, throughout the year that actually is starting next week, Beaver. So I'll see you more often. Um, and, and that's just – I'm not letting the cat out of the bag yet, but got some cool stuff coming down the pipe from a content standpoint. And, um, you know, one of the good positive residuals of that is it's going to be uh, put me in the studio with you slightly more often. So, 
I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know that you are, but but I am. <laughs> so, did you say next week you'll be here? Yeah, well, week? starting starting next week, um, and 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 as we get into next week, I'll be able to kind of like tell everybody, you know, what some stuff that's that's happening out there from a content standpoint that people are going to like that I'll get to be involved in. That's going to beginning next week. It's going to have me in your right in you know right up in your space right up in your personal space more often more often yeah <laughs> so i'll be invading the studio more often that's what i'll be doing okay uh i got a let me see here hang on hold tight hold tight here i got a couple of comments here i'm coming to the country pleasing text line all right um by the way again the number to text is 885-3776. It's 601 number. Country please and sausage. I finished up that uh, black pepper and cheddar over the holidays, and uh, now I'm in back in on some uh, jalapeno and cheddar. Yeah, started that yesterday. Old tried and true. Yes, sir. Uh, anyway, text me, 885-3776. Now, I got a text here uh, that said... Can you talk about our recruiting and portal players? Well, I don't know much about it. Okay, so um, I haven't followed it and studied it. <clears throat> I'm not the recruiting guru, so I don't really know. Um, you know, we kind of get. I, I'm 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 going to take the approach now that we live in an era where you know re recruiting is sort of I don't know it's very hit or miss. Uh, it's really hard to to judge it, and then I don't know what the windows are. Um, I know some players come in, and then some say they're coming, and they don't. And So when we get into spring, you get into the second semester, and you're going to know who's there. You get into spring ball, which is a couple months down the road, we'll know who's actually on the team. And then we can kind of talk about it. Okay, But up until then, uh, you know, for me anyway, I'm not a recruiting and, and portal guy. Don't give two flips about any of it, to be honest with you. Uh, Nick texts the show. Country please and text line says, Best thing about New Year's is that it means in 37 days they will be blowing, they'll be going around the horn at the dude. Revenge season awaits. 37 days is that when the first ball game? I know you know you get into February we start playing baseball. Doesn't matter if it's snowing or cold or whatever. We've had snow on the baseball field before, but you're right. You're right. Once you flip that calendar over to the New Year, that's another positive. You have baseball soon. I'll be honest with you though, I'm excited about basketball right now. I'm not just saying that. To sort of drum it up for you on the radio. We don't really have to do that around here, thank goodness. But I, I genuinely am excited about it. You have two good teams, uh, state on this both, um, men's teams. Uh, schedules are a little different in the non-conference. You get into conference play, which begins this weekend. Uh, state's going to go to South Carolina. Ole Miss is going to go to Tennessee, and then we're off. You know, Here we go. And state gets um, uh, Tolu back, which is humongous. It's like, okay, he's ready to go, steps on the floor and and sort of dominated for about 19 minutes in a warm-up game the other day against Bethune. So I'm excited about basketball, too. I think we're in for a fun spring. We really are. And, you know, I, we were talking about football and, and players earlier. The one thing about it, to me, too, yeah, it's a lot of fun because you get to, to find out who those players are, who those new players are, who's on your team. Um, learn a little bit about them. Go watch them practice. Get ready for a spring game, which – we can talk about that as we go on down the road uh, with state football, but I do think it, it's a it's going to be a really highly anticipated spring for state fans from a football perspective, 
for one set of reasons, you know, and and I think it's important for the program to look. Even though it's just going to be a spring game, I think it's going to be important for them to put a offensive product out there this spring that looks good, um, because you really want your your fan base to really feel good about it and buy in and be pumped up and ready during the offseason and chomping at the bit to watch them play next year. And so, yeah, you know, I think that's important. And then you're going to have a really highly anticipated spring and year uh, for Ole Miss football for an, an entirely different set of reasons. They got everybody coming back and added to it in a huge way. Um, uh, according to, you know, everything you read. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I think it's, I think we're in for a fun year. But in the immediate future, shoot, yeah. Basketball, baseball, we're going to have a lot of fun. All right, so 12 minutes in, uh, starting a new show for a new year. And it's not really it, it's, it's not really burying the lead. By the way, yeah, yeah, Jason and Flagstaff, it is on. Okay, I got your text. <laughs> he, he texts me, is this on? Yes, You're, you, are, you are coming through. Loud and clear on the country-pleasing text line. So let her rip, tater chip. All right, over to the comments. Sven, I read you his first comment. Now, listen. First of all, the, the playoff games were entertaining. They were. They were worth watching. Okay? And as it turns out, just about everybody did watch them. Well, I say them. Just about everybody did watch Alabama and Michigan, as you might imagine. And and even as we were watching the game, I think I made an offhand comment to Annabeth. I said, I think this may be the most watched game you're going to have this year, even more so than your national championship game, regardless of who gets in it. You know, if you had gotten Alabama, Texas in the national title game, then maybe it would have outdrawn Michigan, Alabama. But I, I still kind of sort of even doubt that. Um so that's going to be the most watched game of the year, and I, I felt it. I, you know, me personally, I wasn't really into watching a lot of the bowl games um, this year. It, you know, I glanced at it a couple of times. I certainly didn't make any of the others appointment viewing. I missed entire games and didn't even really feel bad about it. And you know, a lot of it is sort of the atmosphere and the stuff going on, and leaves kind of a bad taste in your mouth. And transfer portal and opt outs, and you start looking at it going. Well, if players themselves, hundreds and hundreds of players themselves across the country don't feel like the games are worth, you know, are meaningful enough to even play in it, then, then why should I waste my time with it? Okay. But I honestly sort of felt the opposite about playoff games. I mean, everything's riding on the playoff games, right? And so with something riding on it, and teams that are totally bought in, and you don't have any opt-outs on Michigan and Alabama and Texas and Washington, obviously, right, for obvious reasons, then I'm all in on those. And I, I was really looking forward to it. And it's it, – it, those are the only really two postseason college games that I was really looking forward to watching. And, and I'm glad I did. And let me just say, too, it has to be compelling – Okay, to get me to stand up in my living room until about 11.30 or 12 midnight central time to watch the finish of a football game. <laughs> I mean, that's what I did with uh, Washington and Texas. It was an incredible game. Man, that quarterback for Washington, 
Admittedly, I had not seen him play that much. I remember watching him play some when he was in Indiana back in the day before he transferred. I hadn't caught him that much this year watching Washington play, but heavens, he's good. Okay, I'm and you know maybe he had some bad games this year. I don't know, but how could you really and truly like how could you watch him play if that's the way he played throughout the year? Okay, and they put numbers up on the screen, so I was led to believe that he did play that way throughout the year. Then how could you watch that kid play and then give that trophy, give that individual award to the kid at LSU? And I know he was good too. Man, that that guy, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback, left-handed, throwing darts, I mean, accurate, and sometimes having to turn up the velocity to 11 and just drilling – like that skinny post touchdown that he threw in the first half, I'm just telling you, you know, there's a lot of times where guys will make throws that it doesn't necessarily look that impressive on television, but if you were to see it in person, especially if you were like on field level, you'd go, wow. Okay, but TV sort of dulls it and doesn't make it look as impressive. That's one, you just watch it on your TV screen, you go, wow. <laughs> And and you know good and well in person, and they show you the end zone view, and you know you talk about accuracy and confidence in your arm strength. That dude has lightning in his left arm, and I was impressed. I mean, it was fun watching the game, just watching him. And you talk about again, stakes could not have been better. I mean, bigger. The stakes could not have been bigger, and to step up and play that way when the stakes are that big. I couldn't have been more impressed with him. Yeah, and as they kept talking about, and that's the thing I remember, when he was in Indiana, he ran a lot. Of course, he had an injury. He's a little bit of a different kind of player. But he can still, when he has to, he can still really move around. He was exciting. You know, in in a certain way, not, not completely running parallel in this comparison, but in a certain way, he reminded me a little bit. This is for us old school guys, okay, from the 90s. <laughs> he reminded me a little bit of Pat White when he was the quarterback at West Virginia in the Rich Rod offense. You remember that? And he had Slayton and those guys. He was left-handed, lightning fast. It was a different type of offense, did more running. And at times he would make those dart throws. It was kind of like watching that again, almost. What do you all think about that comparison? Uh, Miko texts the show, Country Pleasing text line, says he watched Michael Penix Jr. all year. The accuracy he has is pinpoint, and he says, I'd take him over Caleb Williams. Okay. It makes me want to go back and like watch highlights of other games this year to see what he looked like. See, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, he's on the country-pleasing text line. He says that he was awful in the Arizona State game and that that hurt him in the Heisman race. Hey, and Jason, uh, Arizona looked good, right? They had a heck of a game, the Alamo Bowl. Who was that against? That I will, I'll be honest with you. Literal truth. Outside of outside of the two playoff games, Alabama, Michigan, Texas, Washington, the one bowl game that I watched a significant number of the plays from was the Alamo Bowl, and it was Arizona because I was really wanting to watch that watch Fafita play, the uh, quarterback who took over this year for Arizona, and he and that receiver. Man, again, you're talking about fun to watch. That big receiver. You know, and that's another thing. I feel like 
I'd like to know what y'all think about this. Jason, Miko, some of you guys who watched all these other teams. All I did, you know, you watch two, three of those bowl games, two of them playoff games. I also watch a lot of NFL football. Love it. You know, admittedly a huge NFL fan. Probably have, have leaned towards watching more of that here recently. But anyway, I feel like we have, I don't know, progressed to a point. Everything is cyclical. It comes in style. It goes out of style. We've gotten to a point now where people are just taking these great receivers for granted. You know? Like, I'm watching a little bit of Arizona the other day in the Alamo Bowl. And Fafita, he's electric. He is. He moves around, really throws it well, throws darts on slants and short stuff. He was really good. That big receiver, though. Okay, that big receiver is going to make a lot of guys look good at times. And he made him look good at times. It's a little bit like, you know, you go back. You remember how how we were all Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, but, I mean, Mike Evans was the best player on that team. Okay, and his NFL's career sort of showed it, right? Like, Mike Evans would have made a lot of us look good throwing a ball to him. I'm not saying he made us look like Johnny Manziel. And Dak and the Cowboys. Honestly, like, everybody was, you know, Dak in the Heisman, I mean, in the MVP conversation, and this MVP, and now it's Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Seriously, what about C.D. Lamb? There's no question in my mind that C.D. Lamb is the most valuable player on the Cowboys team. Why is he not in the most valuable player conversation in the NFL? I don't think we appreciate these great receivers enough right now. It's all quarterbacks. Should it be? I don't think so. All right, just getting started with you all. More texts, more comments. We'll hit the live stream coming up. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Man Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. So, this may be getting the cart before the horse. Just a little bit here. Uh, Y'all may want to still hang in there with the specifics from some of the games and things that you saw. And I'm totally cool with that. You know, I'm sure there are those out there that would like to talk about that play call on the, uh, you know, the fourth down overtime goal line play call for Alabama that got stuffed and therefore Michigan wins and all those kinds of things. But I, I, I watch those two playoff games, but you know, juxtaposed against the background, the backdrop of all the other bowl games that you have, just sort of losing interest, like. Um, and so in and, and opt-outs and, and very low attendance for even, I mean, you know, you look at a school like Liberty, and I know it's not like you're not talking an SEC fan base for a school like Liberty, okay, but they're playing in this big bowl game against whoever it was they're playing, uh, Oregon, you know, and they couldn't even get anybody there. <laughs> so the question I think, that I think the overall question to talk about right now, it's okay to discuss it. Okay, it's one of those deals of, like, why would we study history? Well, you study history so you don't make the same mistakes in the future. There's a reason for that. Are you still convinced that four teams was the right move for the college football playoff expansion during this intermediate time? And I know we're going to 12 next year. But given that you're making this move to 12, okay, so you, you did an incremental thing and went to four, are you convinced that was the right thing to do? 
I, I maybe when they went to four teams back in 2014, whenever it was, maybe they couldn't foresee. Okay, some states suing and getting state laws passed that says you can pay the players and creating NIL, and then suing the NCAA over transfer stuff. And now the NCAA has opened up wide open. They have no transfer rules. Okay, so you have a transfer portal. Anybody can go anywhere they want. All this kind of stuff. So maybe you didn't you didn't foresee all that. But with all those things existing, this four team playoff deal, <laughs> they can't get it over fast enough. And I know again, next year you're going to twelve. But even twelve, <laughs> I promise you, I'm not. It's not a deal where I came in here on the first show of 2024 trying to figure out some way to to get you stirred up. Okay, and to drill down on some, we finally got them to expand the playoff. Now let's criticize them for that. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to take a good, hard, honest look at it. Okay, and I'd like to know your opinions also. And if you're looking at the live stream, you can see that's what I was talking about. I popped a comment up there that I put on Twitter up. It's not Twitter anymore, it's X. So if you watch the live stream on X, I'm Radio Wyatt, you can comment there and it pops up on the live the Murray West live thread, the same as it does on YouTube and on Facebook. Looking back at the four-team deal, and and with that knowledge, is even 12 right? See, I don't think it is. And I'm going to tell you why coming up. Glad to be back with you all here. First show of 2024 in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. Check them out, favorites.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Local. Hometown heroes. So here is, here's why I say that. And whether it's Related to your comments or not, I'm going to come to your comments on the Murray West live thread and then some of your texts coming up from Jason and Paul and others. Miko, he was talking about receivers. Here's why I say that. Hundreds of players in these bowl games on other teams have said, have sent the message, and, and, and in some cases, literally sent the message. This game doesn't have enough meaning for me to run myself out there. Uh, there's nothing to play for. There's no reason to participate in this game for me. I know that's not the case for all. Okay, when you have all these starters and starting quarterbacks and they're out, I mean, even Tennessee's quarterback, why is he opting out? Somebody explain that to me. What's he going to do? He's opting out so he can go be a free agent? Really? Seriously? They're not drafting him. Remember I told you. And so you go, well, it was. it's fun, right, to see the highly recruited uh, – underclassman who you hadn't seen play yet, and now he goes and plays, and again, that's fun. Well, it is, I guess, for you know the diehards in that particular fan base. But what about the rest of us? You think I'm wasting my time? <laughs> During that time of year when you know I'm, we may be spending time with family or something, doing something, or traveling, or whatever, you think I'm going to sit in front of the TV and watch a bunch of backups play who've been riding a pine all year long? No. I'm not interested in that. If they're sending that message, then that's my attitude also. And so basically... We're looking at an overall situation where when they – I know it, the 14 playoff is going out, a 12-team one's coming in. But 
But is 12 the right number? Is it still big and comprehensive? I know it'll be more than we've had. We can call it a playoff, and, I, and I'm thankful for it. I'm glad. You know, even a even a 12-team playoff gives teams like Mississippi State and Ole Miss a chance to get into it, and that's great. But but the four-team deal, it was almost like either have a playoff or don't. Yeah, and four teams is this sort of having a four-team playoff these last ten years. Honestly, was like you going to the lake house and walking down to the pier and dipping your toe in the water and then coming back and telling everybody you went swimming. That's that's what this four-team playoff honestly has been. Like. It's not a playoff. Okay, but it also did away with the previous idea of the bowl structure and it just fouled everything up. That's what it did. See, beforehand you didn't have any playoff. Everybody just went to a bowl. Even the team that came out of it crowned as a national championship. We call it the BCS, right? Okay, it was a ranking system and it paired one and two, but I mean, fine. And still they just went to a bowl just like we did. And maybe I wasn't going to come out of my bowl as a national champion, but no, neither were you. You know, and all these others, you know, you had a bowl system. So you had the bowl system. You didn't have a playoff. Well, if you're going to go to a playoff, go to one. <laughs> and you can't have 120-something, you know, FBS, used to be Division One football-playing schools, and say that your playoff is four teams. And by that token, I don't even know now, looking at it through that lens of all these opt-outs and all this lack of interest in the entire bowl structure outside of those two games, and I was a part of that. I'm just being honest. I didn't do it intentionally. I'm just being honest that I had a genuine want to watch Alabama and Michigan play. Good teams, they're in the playoffs, got something riding on the game. They're playing for something. I had a genuine desire to watch Washington and Texas. Same reason. Exactly the opposite on the other stuff. And, you know, people go, look, don't. when it comes to all the other stuff and they'll go, well, you know, there's never been more interest. What do you think a lot of, why do you think in some cases there's more people watching it on TV? One, there's nothing else on. <laughs> what else are they going to watch? You know, they're going to watch Christmas Vacation for the one millionth time, which sometimes I actually do. Well, they're certainly not going to the game. They're not buying the tickets. And that's really obvious. We can measure that. So I think what all this showed us, and then and then again, the final piece of all this here in the 10th year, the last year of the 14 playoff, with the advent of the transfer portal and NIL thing, we got sent a message from the players themselves the actual athletes, hundreds and hundreds of them across the country at all these different teams going, I mean, look at Florida State. <laughs> We're not in a four-team. I'm out. I ain't playing in that game. Okay, it sent a real loud message. Boy, did, did we foul up this postseason. Y'all, you have to admit, it was fouled up. They would have been much better off. Sticking with the old BCS, send everybody to bowl games the way they had for 100 years, crown a champion coming out of one of them, than to say you're going to a playoff but not really have a playoff. Either have a playoff or don't. NFL, half the teams go to the playoffs. 
NCAA basketball, 68 teams go to the tournament. Baseball, 64 teams in the tournament. And you called this a playoff of four? I mean, like, don't even do it if that's what you're going to do. Looking back on it now, if I got a time machine, I'm going back and hammering that home. This is It's going to cause major problems. And it did. And you had some people sounding the alarm then. They could see it. Some of them were veteran coaches. Okay, so with all of that info that is so obvious, it really, you can't even argue it. With all of that info and knowing where we are in the transfer portal NIL era, y'all, I'm telling you, 12 teams next year, not enough. It's better than what you have. Yeah, okay. It's like instead of dipping one toe down in the lake, you, you reach over there and dip the other toe and still tell me you went swimming. No, you didn't. Jump in. Have a real one. Seriously, look. just do a ratio. You got 300-and-something NCAA basketball teams, and 68 of them go to the tournament. Whatever that percentage is, apply that same percentage to the 120-something teams in FBS football, what are you going to call it, and do it. Have yourself a big one. Can you do it? What about the dates? Playing too many games. You're paying them. You don't pay enough. You don't play enough games. If you're going to pay them and, and pay the players and not even make them sign any sort of binding contract, give them free reign. They can leave tomorrow anytime they want to anywhere they want and play immediately. You're not playing enough games. All right. <laughs> More on that in a bit coming up, too. I, I promise next on the Murray West Live thread coming to you. Live here on a Wednesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. What do y'all think about the uh, possibility that Zach Arnett goes to LSU to be their new defensive coordinator. What do you think about that possibility? Huh? That makes a lot of sense. Now, I they're going to LSU is going to hire an entirely new defensive staff. They're letting coach House and the rest of them go. Uh look out. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mhm. No, I'm not saying I don't have any info. I'm just saying, hey, it makes sense. I do know uh, with 100% certainty that Coach Arnett is uh, going to be a very highly sought after defensive coordinator. And it seems like in the past, even you know before uh, Coach Lee's past, when you know he was the head coach and Zach was his DC there for three years, Zach's phone always rang a lot because of the job he was doing at State. And it seems like he even had conversations with LSU back then. So that may be the direction this goes. We'll see. All right. Uh, I'm coming to your text. Miko, Paul, Jason, Scott, the rest of you. Uh, coming to your text. First, though, I'm going to play a little catch-up here. Hey to everybody. If you're on the live stream, commenting on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. If you watch the live stream, you saw it. You see what it is. Check it out. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. So if you need your logo, listen to me. Listen up. 
If you need your logo embroidered on something, especially if you need it embroidered on a lot of things, okay, lots of shirts and hats and jackets and pullovers and sweats and items, contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, family-owned, in business, growing since 1996. Just about every high school in the state is sending their stuff there. Ole Miss, Ole Miss Athletics, all their Peach Bowl gear, all that stuff. Murray West is the one who does all that embroidery, and they're great folks, and that's where you need to start. Your church, your brand, your business, your company, your team. You need gear with your logo on it? MurrayWest.com. Trust me. All right. Tommy on Facebook. Hey to you. He comments on the Murray West live thread. Said, glad you're back, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Kobe commented and said, do you think State will land Stone Blanton from South Carolina? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that State could sure use some players on defense, <laughs> and he's a good one. So uh, if you're a State fan, I'm sure you're pulling for that. I, whether or not he does, I, I don't know. Um, let's see what else we get. So somebody commented earlier about you know, all this proves is that you can cheat your fanny off. Michigan, sign stealing. You can cheat your fanny off, and uh, no harm done. I mean, go go play for and win a national championship. No big deal. Uh, Chuck comments on YouTube and says, cheating has always been rewarded in college sports. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And he's saying that's a anonymous quote from lots of coaches. And, you know, there's some truth to that. Unfortunately, kind of way it is, right? Like, uh, man, uh, Will Wade and LSU basketball. LSU basketball um, won a bunch of games and sold a lot of tickets and and got a lot of run long before they finally ran Will Wade out of there, even though everybody knew it was coming for a long time. Uh, Legba says the portal is killing my enthusiasm for state football. See, and that's tough, Legba. I, you know, I think the thing for people like me and you, like we see it for what it is, and it is change. And there's a certain, there's a certain amount of we got to embrace some change sometimes, and not just try to always hang on to the way things used to be. But there's also some reality you look at. You can kind of see where it's going, and you go, oh boy. <clears throat> we we just thought that there was actual competent leadership in college sports, people putting their heads together, making the right decisions, and doing it all for good, healthy reasons, right? Student-athlete experience, uh, upholding the idea that college education is important and is a huge advantage for those that are able to get it. Uh, upholding the idea that you know certain things are more important than a little money in your pocket short term. You know, we all, we just thought that there was a competent leadership that was holding on to those things and making decisions that way. And then when we, you and I find out that ain't true, we're hurt. <laughs> it hurts us. But I don't think it's fair for your team, who you root for, maybe the school you went to, kind of like for me, to let it affect your love for them, right? You got to hang in there and fight and scratch and claw along with them somehow, some way. Okay, Sven, gave me the date. The first baseball game <laughs> is February the 8th against the Army at the Dude. You kidding me? 
You're talking about a regular season game on February the 8th? That seems early. <laughs> it'll be 45 degrees. Like, in, out in the sun, it'll be 45 maybe. <clears throat> and wet. <laughs> um, Legba says, did anyone else notice how biased the commentators were for Penn State during Ole Miss's bowl game? It even bothered me. Well, Legba, yeah, I can't speak for me, but I can tell you I had a lot of people say that to me who watched the game, and they were all like, man, them guys from the get-go downplayed Ole Miss and built up Penn State. It would not necessarily surprise me. Uh, Legba went on to say they kept making excuses and talking history of Penn State, then the backhanded compliment that this was the first 11-win season ever uh, for Ole Miss. Yeah, I I heard that (laughs) from – from several close sources, uh, family and friends of mine, big old Miss fans, the same thing. I heard them all say that. Like it was seemed to be really slanted, you know, towards uh, towards one side. All right, over to the text line. I made the comment earlier that after after watching a little bit of the Alamo Bowl and that big receiver for Arizona, of course we saw him earlier in the year, but man, I mean he's phenomenal. And they told the story of how he was a high school teammate of Fafita, the quarterback at Arizona now. Watching him. Uh, watching some of these other receivers. Watching the kid for Washington. You know, I, I made the comment, too. Like, It's like we're not appreciating these receivers anymore. Explain to me how, I mean, as a state guy, I'm glad that Dak Prescott's in the MVP conversation. I hope he wins it. It'd be fine. But if you're going to have him in it, how do you not have C.D. Lamb in the MVP conversation? I watch the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure that that I am pretty sure that inside that locker room, if you took a poll like anonymously or let them vote, they probably would tell you that C.D. Lamb is the MVP of the Cowboys right now. Well, if that's the case, how come he's not in the MVP conversation in the NFL? Miko said, speaking of receivers, Odunza is right there with Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a guy for Washington, and he was great. <laughs> I mean, the combination, you're right. There's some guys like that, so we just glance over them. We're like, oh, quarterbacks. Man, that kid for Washington, he'd make a lot of guys look good. All right, Paul comments. Hey. I, you, you know what, Paul? You get a round of applause for this. <clears throat> he said, tell us about perhaps the most underappreciated receiver in MSU history, Kelvin Love. Dude averaged 20 yards a catch. I always seem to make difficult catches on critical possession plays. No doubt. Go back to 98 and watch that Arkansas game. A couple of those catches from Wayne against Arkansas. You clinched the Western Division. Watch him in 99 in our comeback against um, Kentucky. Um, watch him in 99 against Ole Miss. Watch him in, let's see, there, there's a bunch of games. I mean, over and over and over again. And you're right. Man, Kelvin, he was from Shaw High School, went to Cahoma Community College. He played quarterback at Holmes. I mean, at uh, Cahoma. He was like 6'4", maybe 190 pounds soaking wet <laughs> coming out of JUCO. 
And he, he was the best guy, too, and had a great sense of humor. He knew he wasn't big and strong in a weight room. He had never lifted weights. So when he came to us, like, he was way behind. Kelvin was way behind in the weight room. And he would laugh at himself at how little he could bench press. It didn't matter. Because on the field, 6'4", could outjump anybody, could outrun anybody. And if you could just get it around him, he'd catch a football. He'd make plays. Like, we had situations where – like, as quarterbacks, we got in big trouble, okay, for not leaning towards giving him a chance, like trying to read stuff and be 2%. Just put it in his area, okay? The only way he doesn't come down is if they interfere with him. You got to go to him. <laughs> he, um, and great guy, like, always smiling. I hadn't seen Kelvin in years, and I would love to catch up with him and see him again. Just the best attitude you know, it's one of those guys like you hadn't seen him in 20 years, but if you close your eyes and picture him, you picture him smiling. Why? Because that's the way you saw him all the time, was smiling. Always having a good time. Never had a bad day. Exactly the kind of teammate you wish you could have for all 85 of them. Kelvin Love, wherever you are, holler at your boy. <laughs> and I hope you're doing well. Let me track Kelvin down, see how he's doing. All right, hour one in the books, hour two coming up. What did Mike Leach say about expanding the playoff eight years ago? <laughs> All of that and more coming up in hour two. In the Bureau, the Foreign Bureau Insurance Studio. Foreign Bureau, go! With the home team, stick around. <laughs> 